All right. Welcome to another episode of We Did a Podcast. You have Tony and... And I'm Elliot. <clears throat> and uh, for this episode, we have quite an agenda here. First of all, we're going to be... Quite the agenda. Yes. Quite the agenda. <laughs> so, first of all, we have much better audio. The audio was... Woo! Was... Yeah. Yeah, round of applause for that. Seriously. No, the audio in the previous episode was uh, not not great. Not great. So. Subpar. As they say. Subpar, as they say. So, <clears throat> for next episode, we're actually going to be speaking with George. And we, we did speak with him a little bit of a while, <clears throat> a, a little bit ago. But we're going to have him back on. George from Vegafund. From Vegafund, that's right. And Vegafund's really cool. It's Yeah, it's really cool. So Very exciting. And how did you summarize it? Dow V2? Yeah, Dow V2. Um, a lot of improvements and... Uh, really good team i think that i think that they're going to be doing big things yeah and he seemed very well the thing that was really great in speaking with george and you guys will be able to hear this uh when we do air that podcast but like i said we did speak with him and the thing that's really cool about george is you know i feel like uh very much a, a longer term thinker yeah not, oh not, he's he did not sound like he's in it for the short term at all i mean right. not like a not a pump and dumper, as they say. Correct. Yes, exactly. A lot of really cool stuff around decision making, you know, a swarm mentality and rewarding, you know, decision makers and people who have great ideas. And you know, let's let's not ruin it. Let's uh, let's let everybody tune in for that. Yeah, you're, you're really going to enjoy it. Um, so, Elle, you're back from Mexico. I am. I got, yeah, I got in last night. It was good. It's I, it's good to be back. Um, Mexico City is awesome, though. If anybody has a chance to visit, I highly suggest it. It's very cool. Yeah, place. huge city, um, tons to do. Food is incredible. People are incredible. Um, relatively cheap. Yeah, it's a good it's spot. Overall, great place. Good spot. Yeah. Very surprising when I was there. I was thinking it was going to be something it wasn't. Oh yeah. If you yeah, it's one of those places where if. If I didn't hear anything from the media or anything, I would have, like, no reservations about, like, visiting. Right. But you hear stories, and everybody has a story, and you get a preconceived vision in your head. Exactly. About so, so let's, let's move on to our first uh, order of business here, which is the classic Ether hack. Classic Ether wallet. That's right. Huge. Well, actually, thankfully, not huge. But um, so, yeah, what classic. What e happened? So, classic Ether Wallet. Um, shout out to my Ether Wallet. Actually, I saw this on Twitter first, and they were incredibly fast in reporting this. But <clears throat> basically, yeah, classic Ether Wallet was sending post requests to their API with people's private keys. And you discussed um, this on the last episode. Briefly. Yeah, no, yeah, but this was, that was a different um, service. So classic really? Ether, yeah, classic Ether wallet is a known good client side wallet. Like it is known to be trustworthy, like people can use it. Um, they've since remedied the issue, but what happened was a classic Social engineering hack. Ah, the yes. good old social engineering. Yeah. 
<laughs> Gotta love this. Um, oh, by the way, big shout out to Zencaster. We use them. We love them. Josh, the developer over there, is really great. That's what we're powering this podcast with. If you want to sign up, use coupon code WDAP, W-D-A-P. Anyway, that was my quick shameless plug for Josh over there. Cool guy. Got to give it. Um, but yeah, so what these guys did is they called the domain provider and somehow convinced them that they were the owners of the account and got the email and the password changed um, and edited the, uh, basically, yeah, the code on it and they're sending post requests with private keys. I think, I don't think that there were too many um, wallets that were compromised, but I know that there were some and I feel for all of you people out there who lost some ether but and just there's nothing that they're going to do about it well well who knows what the domain provider is going to do about it but Mm. yeah i mean it's kind of you yeah see you put your trust in these companies hoping that they're not going to fuck you over and then sometimes they well here's the thing which is so weird about all this is that blockchain Ethereum, you know, all of this, in my opinion, is basically like programmable money, you know, and with anything programmed, you're going to have bugs. You're going to have mistakes. The weird part about it all is that previously, you know, a bug, okay, like, you know, you have a little bit of communication data or something that's wrong or, you know, some people get locked out or their passwords get scrambled or whatever, they have to redo it. But now... These bugs, these technical glitches result in actual dollar value lost. It's like if Wells Fargo just had like a, oh, sorry, sorry, guys, made a little mistake. And we actually just gave out your username and password and someone, you know, actually wired your money to Beijing. Sorry. I know they say (laughs) sorry. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like what? Yeah, it's. I mean, that's crazy. That's the, DAO, that's the the Dow for you. I mean, seriously. R.I.P. It's. Uh, well, maybe Vega Funds uh, bringing it back. Yeah, maybe. We'll have to let George but tell us all about that. I'm I'm looking at a Reddit post now uh, about this hack, and somebody posted um, two thousand three hundred forty three Ethereum Classic stolen, which oh at this my God. rate is. About like seventy grand. So Oh man. Yeah. It's I mean yeah, it's shitty. Well and you now you have I know there's been a there's a Tezos a fake Tezos ICO wallet going around that last time I checked had like thirty six thousand dollars in it fishing people and yeah. Guys, Crazy. like as this stuff blows up, you just gotta be more and more careful and just be diligent. You're sending you're sending real things that cannot be reversed. So and that have monetary value. So just just be careful out there. <sighs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and how about the? Uh, Are we gonna the talk whole, about that? The, <laughs> yeah, we yeah we got. We gonna it. talk about that? We got it. What are we gonna talk about? We're talking about flash uh, crash. The flash crash. Yeah. Okay. Well, so there was this flash crash. You probably know about it on GDAX. I think it was on the twenty first. 
There's, there's yeah, 21st, 21st round. Yeah. I register around 12.31 and 24 seconds Pacific Standard Time, I believe. <laughs> how are you so aware of this? Oh, how, how <laughs> kind of you to ask. Well, um, Elle was in uh, Mexico. I was here uh, on Mountain View Avenue uh, in Seattle. And uh, logging into GDAX, checking it out, because it's like using GDAX. And... Uh, yeah, I had a problem logging into GDAX. It was uh, unavailable. And then when I finally got in, I... It's pretty I, common nowadays. It is common nowadays on GDAX. And so I log in and, uh, well, wouldn't you know, I noticed that there are zero dollars and zero Ethereum in the account. Very odd. So I call L and I say... Hey, have you seen this flash crash thing? It's crazy, huh? It's like, yeah, I know. It, it dropped. It went down to like 13 bucks. I was like, actually, I'm looking at a guy on Reddit who apparently he sold his for 10 cents. And I'm thinking, God, who puts in a sell order or a stop loss like so low, you know? And so talking to L about it. <clears throat> and then I, you know, log into my account again and tell him, hey, you know, by the way, there must be some error because it shows zero dollars and zero Ethereum in my account. He logs into his account and says, well, I see all of mine. All Everything here is you know, all good. So I go, what, that, well, that's odd. So then, then That's when we realized there well, was a problem. I, yeah, I think, that that's, <laughs> I think that was the part where I recognized there was a problem. I didn't understand really the, the magnitude of said problem. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I went ahead and saw that my... $130,000 wasn't there or equivalent value of ether. And so then I was like, I didn't have any sell orders. This is very odd. And you know, I obviously didn't get margin called because I only had like $10,000 of margin and I only used margin just cause I like, I liked their P and L program that they had. And so then, uh, then the bad thing happened. <laughs> I, I looked on fills, uh, cause you have orders and then you have your, your filled orders and I saw that everything was sold for a dollar and that it was gone. And how, then how, how much of it? All of it. All of it? All of it. Oh, no. It's gone. Oh, no. So at this point, I was kind of freaking out on the phone with Elle. And I was like, dude, what the hell? I don't know how this would have happened. You I were didn't freaking have... out. Not kind of freaking out. I was freaking out, yeah. I just had, I thought it was just some error because I didn't have any sell orders and, you know, the margin. And then that's when it hit me after about, what, 40 minutes? Yeah. I, it hit me and I was like, dude, it was because of the margin. What happened was it went so low and there was no, you know, there was no circuit breaker. And uh, so the price truly was allowed to go that low all inside of a minute. And since no one could log in, the price just free fell and basically my collateral that what what was a minute before worth 130,000 became worth like $5,000. And then because it was 50% of the value of the 10,000 on margin, it got auto liquidated along with everybody else. So yeah, then basically a lot of other things happened and, you know, uh, attorneys and these type of things. And good news is I have the money back. So, and I have to applaud. It sounds like everybody has their money back, which is 
That's true. Well, really there, awesome there were going to be a lot GX. of, there was going to be a class Coinbase. action lawsuit. So I think it was important for them to recognize that ahead of time. Yeah. And that there's, was, yeah, that there's was a good. lot of, there's a lot of talk about like, well, yeah. What, what, well, a what lot do of they people, call it? A lot Stop of people. Fishing? Stop losses? No, yeah, but it's... it's Circuit like, breakers? What are you talking no, about? well, no, yeah, I'm talking about what... Because the same thing has happened on, like, Kraken and um, some of these other exchanges where people basically, like, search for... Oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, tipping yeah. point where... Yeah, they're hunting out the... For, where, stop hunting. There we yeah, go. Yeah, stop, stop hunting. Yeah, but the... Re, I mean, I honestly do think that there was something internal to... Um, I, I do think that it was internal to... Um, to GDAX or some sort of leak. A lot of people uh, think that that was probably the case. Um, so, in any case, um, I think did they, have they come out with anything saying that they have no circuit breakers? No, but now? are they planning? It makes you wonder if they're planning on it or. I think they're like, going to have to, and that they and that they should, because the problem was if you read into their terms, will it be announced though? Because it seems like it's it seems like this whole past week, where Ethereum's taken a huge dump, that dump. Coinbase dump, yeah, yeah dump, dive. like yeah, dive, whatever, yeah, lost that a lot of value. Coinbase, GDAX, you can't access them. During well, well, these, that, well, that's the, well, dives, that's the thing. You just so, can't get on. And a lot of people were like, "Well, dude, you know, you had margin, like you had margin, and that was your fault." Blah 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 blah. But the problem was, and what actually happened is that people couldn't access the site to be able to buy, is one of them, as well as the order being queued up and it processed before allowing other people to essentially provide the other side of the market. Or the reality is, is you just have to say like, my position. It got sold at a dollar. So if the price had gone to a dollar fifty and not hit a dollar, mine wouldn't have sold. And the real question you have to ask yourself is, would you have been? Would you have logged on to GDAX and had and had bought Ethereum at a dollar fifty? Yeah, I'm sure you would. You probably would have bought a oh, ton. You, you probably would have. How yeah, would, you would have liquidated my bank account. Exactly, and people probably would have done the same at a hundred dollars. It's and that's the whole the whole point of this is that people weren't able to do that because their 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 actual system went down. You couldn't even access it. So that was the reason why they were at fault, and that was the reason why they understood that they did need to do something about it, and that it was going to end very badly for them if they didn't. And they did, and I and so. I do applaud them for doing the right thing and you know not having to go through with a legal battle. And that was very smart. But I do think they absolutely should put in circuit breakers, at least that like monitor some sort of change to the rest of you know, that look at essentially the other uh, exchanges. Because if Ethereum is trading at, you know, three hundred and thirty bucks across all the other exchanges, yet it's falling dramatically on GDAX, you know, by <laughs> you know, 99%, there's obviously a problem. And it's not that it's not that the actual price of Ethereum is actually dropping that much. It's that there's manipulation underway that's causing that. So in any case, Which I think, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there are, there are people on both sides of that. Some people are like, uh, say, let the manipulation occur. Like we don't want to have, any regulation in this or any circuit breakers and then there are other right. people who would rather not have that happen <laughs> yeah and i think it's easy to say that because you know we've benefited from the regulatory environment within like equities markets i mean if they didn't have circuit breakers there'd be a lot of situations where you know your portfolio 
completely tanks in a very short amount of time. I don't know. It's it's not a merit. It's not a matter of like one side of the argument is right and the other one's wrong. It's really a risk tolerance and how much stability you want. Because if you want stability, then you want you want to promote rationality within the market and assets don't drop you know uh, 50% within minutes like the actual value just doesn't correct that fast so you want markets to make rational decisions and not act you know it's like when 911 happened they they pulled the plug on the markets because people were freaking out yeah. and they had to wait for people to go oh okay like this happened it doesn't mean that you know Wells Fargo is now worth half the value. You know, actually, I should probably load up some money and buy, and then that's what happened. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, quite the event, huge, huge roller coaster ride there. Um, very much the case. So, where do you see? What do you What do you think of the market in general right now in terms of cryptos? What What, do, what are you seeing? What's out there? I think it's a hell of a lot healthier than it was two weeks ago. Are you talking um, about the correction? Yeah. Is good. Yes. Long term. Oh, yes. I mean, like, <clears throat> I remember we were sitting at a star, <laughs> we were sitting at a Starbucks in Mexico City. Don't judge us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but when Ethereum hit 400 bucks and you and me were both like, holy shit, this is insane. Well, I was yeah. like, I want to go home right now and sell. And yeah. Like, nah, nah, nah. And yeah. I was like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. And so... I mean, should have. It, it, I know, <laughs> but no, I'm I'm hodling. Um, but I don't know. I think that this is definitely good for it. I know that there are a lot of people who got in during that peak that are freaking out. Um, but if you look at like what Bitcoin has done in the past, or I mean, pretty much anything, these corrections are good and they're healthy and. I mean, for for a week there, so Ethereum was staying pretty steady, which was really interesting to see because it hadn't done that since, I don't know, like December, before December or something when it was around like 12 bucks. So I yeah. think that it's, I, I definitely think that it's good. Yeah. It was fun watching that all unfold on GDAX, by the way. Remember, I was like, oh, oh dude, yeah. it's going to break out. I have Tony, all of the, Tony I called call, that. Tony called it to the T. Yeah. I was like, dude, it's going to break out in like a few minutes. And, and then all of a sudden it started breaking out. I was like, dude, it's going to go all the way to like 400. And yeah. bam, it went all the way to 400. From, that was from like 220 or something. It was it was something crazy. Like maybe two, 200. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. What was that? That I was during call that the... Shit, uh, called that shit. Oh, that was the Bancor ICO. It was. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and then, man. By the oh, way. We had the status ICO, too, which I think we talked about last week, so we don't need to get into that again, but by the that way, fucked everything up really bad, by the way. By the way, what do you think about Bancor? Because I have very uh, mixed feelings. You're not very familiar with it? No. Okay. I'm not, I'm not very familiar well, with it. Um, I mean, I they're essentially allowing yeah. people. So, uh, so to recap, and and this might not be the most technical explanation; might be a little more generalized. But essentially, they they are trying to solve the problem of uh, of well, basically, they allow anyone to make a currency or to make a token, and they're trying to make it very easy to do that with a with a nice user interface. And I do have to give it to them; their designs do look quite good but um the thing that i just really 
can't figure out is their math and their justification for how they're actually going to create liquidity across all these different tokens. Because to me, like employing logic of their explanations, it just is not, it's not real. It's, and like, I don't want to call them a lot, call them like liars, but I would actually really much invite them to come on the show. If you, you know, want to send this podcast or send this link to them and say, Hey, you guys should come on the show and explain because we'd like to hear, you know, that'd be really great. And, uh, please do that. That would be my ask of this episode. Yeah, that would be, that'd be awesome for me because I am, I wouldn't say a cynic, but the only article I've read about it is the one that went pretty viral about Bancor being flawed. And yeah, that was well, I like just, uh, what it was. I mean, that's pretty much what their explanation was. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it doesn't pencil. It doesn't to me. Well, yeah. But that's why I'd like to have them come on and explain, and explain to me because basically what they do is they have this reserve, they hold it in reserve and that reserve essentially makes the market programmatically with the smart contract, which makes perfect sense. The problem is, is it doesn't make sense when you're just using that with any token because you could have a situation where you have way more buyers than sellers. And I understand that they're saying you readjust the ratio and things like this and it goes down and whatnot. But I think that it doesn't work when you polarize it, when you take it to the extremes. Like if everyone is just selling, I think it actually just goes to zero and it fails. And if, and if everyone is buying, it's the same thing. You ha- it works when there's a, uh, when there's a benchmark or or when there's stability and there's a predictable amount of you know buyers and sellers but i f- i i'm very sure employing the logic that it doesn't work when you have uh, a big movement like for example if you would have had if you would have had what happened on the 21st of of this month the flash crash if something similar to that happened on bancor on one of their long tail of those different tokens I think that that market making mechanism just stops working or, or this, or the spreads that have to get charged become ridiculously high. And so that it's not even worth using. Um, yeah. but I'd love to have them on the show and I'd love to talk with them about it. And, you know, I'd love to hear how they explain it. Yeah. I think that, I mean, yeah, I, I think that'd be awesome. I yeah. know. I mean, a I lot of watched... people believed, a lot of people believed enough in it to, put 140 well, they're, million dollars. Well, yeah. And, and, and they're great storytellers and their visuals look very good. And, you know, I can't, I can't hate on that. That's a, that's a important part. You know, people have to see the future and they have to see the vision and, you know, they did a very good job of telling that story. Um, you know, if you listen to, and I'd invite, I'd invite folks to go onto their website and listen to some of their, uh, local meetup presentations. And there's this one particular, one in, uh, in Amsterdam and you can just tell they, I mean, they edit a lot of the questions that are being asked because they're, you know, put on the spot. And I remember one part, they actually, the guy actually says, you know, Hey, uh, I know that there are a lot of detailed financial questions around this. Um, we'd ask that you ask those to us in private and this isn't the forum for those questions, which I mean, the, the thing you're actually providing is the financial solution. That is your product of this reserve, you know, and 
you know, what people also say, they ask these questions and they're like, well, it's proven in the math. And here are those three formulas. And if, you know, and if you can read this, then you'll see why it makes sense. And if you can't read it, which it's obviously very complicated and 99% of people couldn't read it, then, you know, ask someone who knows. So it's like the, you know, appeal to the expert, uh, you know, fallacy of like, oh, well, you know, someone knows an expert knows. So Talk to them. yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, I don't know. So I must not be an expert. It must be over my head. I, I can't, you know, so, okay, I'll just go along with it. Yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to be too negative about it because there could be something I'm just completely not seeing. And I'd love to, I'd love to have them on the show. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. I, yeah, I, I agree. I think that'd be awesome. Also, news this week, Mark Cuban is investing in an ICO. It's true. Unicorn. Um, un- <laughs> not unicorn. Unicoin. My apologies. Um, no, but yeah, basically an esports betting platform. Um, s- the skin gambling. Um, yeah, it is. It seems like this is a big market that I don't understand. Um, yeah, Cuban's very bullish on esports. Yeah, which is I mean, I mean so. yeah, which is interesting because I've I mean I've I watch like well, no, I don't watch. I have watched people play Counter-Strike. It's not, it's it's fun. I've you never mean, watched esports competitively. Uh, Are you talking about on yeah, Steam how you can no, do No, I'm talking no, I'm talking about Twitch. Oh, okay. Just Twitch, which is it's fun. And I think watching esports, I saw it on, it was on at the gym one day, but I couldn't hear anything and like, couldn't right. really get into it. But I think that if it was like an interesting game that I like, totally, I, I think would it's, love watching it. Yeah. And betting. I mean, I totally think that that's going to happen, especially with, uh, like I've always wanted to do that with FIFA because it's like FIFA is like so realistic. I mean, it's like watching a soccer game yeah. or football, depending on where you're at in the world, man, we need that FIFA bar, man. I know. We need the well, FIFA bar. Let's not explain that right now. It's uh, <laughs> it's too much. So, um, in any case, you know, really, really exciting. Um, there's just a lot going on right now. Um, if you listen to the last episode, you know that uh, that Elliot and I and a couple of other really awesome team members are working on um, uh, a venture within the space, uh, tackling a lot of the real estate issues with liquidity yield. Um, you know, and we're really excited about that. And that continues to pick up momentum, um, adding a, a lot of great people to the team, really great advisors, developers, uh, people who have, you know, transacted many, many, many tens of millions of dollars and, you know, over a hundred million dollars total. We're really excited about that. Um, so keep, keep, uh, keep listening for more updates there. We, we'd like to hold off on disclosing much more until, uh, ready to kind of un- do an unveiling, which will happen. Uh, but there's been lots of really great talk about it within the community, and we're we're really excited about that. So um, so thanks for all the support there, and I know you guys are are excited to learn more. Um, but like I said, let's just hold off until there's more. Um, you know, we're taking it very seriously and want to make sure that uh, you know it's 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 perfect before we really unveil everything to the public. Um, but very exciting. 
So that being said, we do have some really great guests, um, as has been disclosed before at the beginning of the show, we'll have George on from Vega fund and George has really a great ambition there with a really great team. And he also is, uh, is an intern at consensus, which is cool. Very cool. That's very cool. It's very cool. Yeah. And we really want to know more about, you know, what they're doing. I know they have a lot of different, um, I think they call them, uh, spokes, they have a lot of different offshoots that they're working on. Mm-hmm. I think their internal word for it is spokes. Uh, and then they also have the contract, right, with, with Dubai? Yeah. UAE? The, yeah. yeah. Moving on everything. I, I haven't looked too much into it, but pretty much all of their government records and everything. I think onto a private chain. Yeah. Which is huge validation. Totally. No, it's very exciting. Yeah. And then my good good friend Ryan, he uh, I think he sat down with the folks there and was just really blown away by the the team that you know they they've assembled and and their vision. It's just really great. Yeah, they're yeah. doing yeah they're doing a lot. Most definitely, it's going to be cool to see what comes out of that. And we'll also be speaking with um, with Open ANX, which I've seen a lot of buzz around the community, um, and so we'll be really we'll, be, we'll we're excited to be uh, speaking with them. That will likely air in one to two weeks uh, from the date that you're probably listening to this, unless you're two weeks after it was posted. Every, it lives <laughs> on the internet forever. So That's right. So check knows? out that podcast, assuming you're in the future. Yeah. Uh, check out that podcast. Really, really cool. I'm very excited to dive into what they're doing and, and discuss the model, et cetera. Um, so until next week, that will do it for this episode. Let's play some of the Zencaster sound effects. Oh, we will. My man. We'll do a little bit of the outro. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Exactly. We'll see you next week. That's right. Take care now. Take care.